in life winning and losing will both happen but what is never acceptable is quitting when you feel that you're alone in this journey you really are not alone there are countless warriors who have gone through a similar journey like what you are going through today they have felt the immense pain that you are experiencing but in the end they have all healed themselves from cancer some talk about their own journey as you are listening to this right now while some have defeated pain forever but in the end they all have defeated cancer learn from them get inspired from their cancer healing journeys listen to our very own cancer warriors in this show brought to you by zen oncology and love heals cancer hello hello is uh, good so morning good, yes good morning sir. so we share cancer healing journey of people who have gone through cancer maybe as patient caregiver survivor because it helps other patients and caregivers it motivates them and inspire them that if they can then we can too so could you please share mm-hmm. your cancer healing journey with us uh sure i'll do that so how do you want to do do you want to do the question answer or do you want me to go on um, talking monologue you can start your journey from your how you got diagnosed and the treatment you underwent and okay. if i feel if i feel like i want to question i question okay okay, okay. Sure. no problem yes uh so this was we back in uh december of 1982 um uh, i was going on a trek with my friends and while i was going on a trek i realized that i have some swelling around my knee and uh it was um kind of uh, it was not painful as such uh, you know walking or something but uh, when i was climbing something it was it was hurting a bit so when i came back from a trek uh, you know we visited uh, so i'm a bombay i'm like uh, born and brought up in bombay uh, um, so uh, we after coming back we went to the km hospital was uh, just uh, in india by from house so we just went there uh, showed it to the doctors uh, they looked at it they asked me to um, you know do x rays and stuff like that so a couple of x rays were done uh, nobody was able to somebody said there's no uh, you know you have lost fluid between your knee uh, and uh, stuff like that that's why because of uh, uh, you know friction uh, there's a swelling so uh, people tried doing couple of things and finally i was uh, you know uh, like figure out to said km felt that they need to do some biopsy so i was taken in for biopsy on uh, 3rd of march 1993 uh, so they did biopsy and uh, when they were in operation theater they came out and told my mom that uh, uh, this looks like cancer and uh, we will have to amputate his leg and my mom was like but are you sure that it is cancer did you do any uh, like you know is there any uh, test or something to prove that it is a cancer or you are just it's your opinion they said no no it's our opinion right now but we are like in a very firm opinion so i think uh, there will be risk to his life so it's better that we amputate his leg my mom said that no 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 nothing doing 
uh, just take him out as you've taken you do biopsy and and uh, you know bring him out. Uh, but what doctors did in the process was they tried to, I guess, uh, you know, take some more uh, bone sample. So they scraped a little more bone and stuff like that. And then I was taken out. Uh, I was not aware of this. So mom was kind of uh, kept all these things to herself. And um, so for confirmatory test, uh, they wanted me to uh, to do, to get the MRI done. And uh, the MRI facility at KM was like kind of, uh, you know, there was too many patients. So they said, you know, can you do it in a private? Uh, so I guess there was a fateful day of 20, oh, sorry, 12th March, 1993. Uh, the Bombay was uh, shocked by bomb blast. Uh, I was checking for the um, you know MRI in the morning, and I was in the MRI machine when there was some kind of a sound that we could hear, but we didn't realize what it is. But when we came out of the, I came out of the MRI and everything, and I went back to hospital. The hospital was flooded with uh, uh, you know bomb blast patients and stuff like that. Uh, so I, uh, I I was taken to the, my ward and some uh, ward and then uh, you know after a couple of days uh, they confirmed that it's a tumor, osteosarcoma. So with that um, uh, then they again said that you no know, we have to now you know take him for amputation. So uh, I had a couple of like our family friends who were doctors and one of them was actually practicing at uh, Tata Hospital. Uh, so he said, if it's a tumor, then let me, let let us move him to, uh, uh, to Tata. And that's where, um, around end of, uh, March, I was moved from KM to Tata. So when uh, Tata, it was a uh, unit of Dr. Shinde and Badwar then. Um, so Dr. Shinde and Badwar, so Badwar was a soft tissue specialist, bone and soft tissue. So Badwar was kind of looking into my case. And uh, so uh, I was then like, you know, recommended for chemo. Uh, so there was a doctor called uh, Dr. Kanchan Nadkarn. Dr. Kanchan was um, uh, basically, uh, she was into medicine and uh, uh, chemo. Uh, so they started me with the chemo. Uh, but this was like, you know, I was in my second year college. Uh, and second year college, uh, uh, it, this was a time for exams and stuff like that. So I was like, uh, I was preparing throughout my hospitalization and everything. I was preparing for my exams because I didn't want to lose a year. Uh, so uh, on, uh, I think my exams were supposed to start sometime in like, you know, first week of April. And after I was moved to Tata, uh, you know, things moved very, very fast. And, you know, they started off with, with chemo. And those days, chemos were quite heavy. I, I guess, you know, this time when I've seen my daughter's chemo, or like I've seen other people's chemo, uh, they were very, like, you know, uh, I guess they get it in for a day and they come out next day. Uh, and then people take it at home. Uh, but for those days, it used to be hospitalized, completely hospitalization. Uh, so seven days, they kept giving me, uh, you know, medicine. Uh, and I don't know what was happening to me. There was, you know, they were, uh, it was through drip, obviously. And then, you know, they were, uh, the, the drip was continuously on. And the only instruction for me and my parents were that I should drink as much as possible. 
more and more fluids and uh, I used to vomit continuously. So those about seven to nine days, uh, I there's you now some start of chemo to end of chemo. I used to be kind of uh, half. Uh, uh, it was more of a sedation. I was like used to be. Uh, uh, you know, I used to uh, get up, puke, uh, go back to sleep. My mom used to force me to drink something, and uh, so that cycle used to continue for almost uh, you know uh, those uh, throughout those seven to nine days. And uh, uh, so I have I, I have undergone two cycles of that heavy dose of chemo. Uh, and um, post that, uh, there was a sign of like that, like you know, that I'm I'm recovering well and stuff like that. Uh, but all of which I didn't. There was, uh, you know, there were a lot of heat boils. They started popping up on my body. Uh, so they realized that there's some medicines. Though uh, the cancer is, uh, you know, is attacked. Uh, there are some other uh, effects, uh, side effects that are happening. Uh, so they started with some heavy dose of, uh, you know, some other medicines, which again went on for uh, seven to eight days. Uh, so this was all happening, uh, you know, uh, the process on all these medicines and everything were apparently were very, very expensive um, that time. Uh, at least each cycle of chemo used to cost about um, uh, $1,25,000 or something. So that used to be the cost of one cycle of chemo. Uh, so like multiple, like so two cycles of chemo uh, plus uh, when these uh, reactions happened and they tried doing uh, those medicines, those medicines all were also very, very expensive. I think one single injection itself was something like 32,000 or something. And I was monitored for about uh, seven days. So that I think another, uh, you know, good uh, three, uh, two, two, two and a half lakhs uh, was spent on those medicines. So, uh, and by, by when I completed all these medicines and everything, I was again, uh, you know, taken to Dr. Uh, Shinde um, uh, for uh, Shinde and Badwar for follow-up, uh, you know, uh, check-up. Uh, when I was there with uh, Dr. Um, Badwar and his cabin with my parents, so he, like, you know, checked me and everything. And then he um, asked, uh, you know, me to uh, stand uh, or step outside his cabin uh, because he wanted to talk to my uh, my father. Uh, and uh, I could realize that he wants to say something which he is not very comfortable saying in front of me. So I, and this was like around, uh, I think, uh, exactly on, on, on 20th of May, uh, this was happening. And 20th May was my birthday. So uh, uh, 20th May 1993 is when I was turning 18. So I told Dr. Badwar that, uh, you know, if you are going to take any decision about me, then you need to tell me. Because uh, if it's, uh, you know, I'm turning 18 and now my father can't sign for me, I will have to sign the paper. And if you want me to sign the paper, you need to tell me what exactly it is. Okay. Are you there? Uh, yes, I'm listening. Yeah. So, um, 
So he said, no, it's not for you. But uh, you know, I still want. Uh, you know, if you are still want to listen to it, then I can uh, tell you. Then I said, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you just tell me what it is. Uh, he said that we will have to take you in for surgery, and we will be doing uh, a TKR for you. Uh, uh, but we are not sure uh, about the outcome. It may happen that on the operation theater, uh, you know, we may decide to amputate you. Or we may decide, uh, you know, uh, or, or the TKR might be successful. So I asked him, what are the chances of, uh, you know, uh, me surviving? Uh, so he said, um, surgery should not be life-threatening, but I won't have much much chances on you. It's maybe about, uh, you know, I might amputate you. Uh, that's like 80-85% chances, 15% chances is you know, that we might be able to do a TKR and get you out. And that might give you another extended life of, uh, you know, three to five years. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. So, you know, uh, as long as, uh, even if it's a 5% chances, and, and I, I, I'm okay to take that chance. And then let's go ahead with the surgery. And I said, now you can talk to my father, whatever you want to talk to. And I came out of a treatment. Uh, so that time it may like you know uh, for me it was more of a heroic uh, thing or a bravery to do that. Uh, but when I came back to my ward and I realized that uh, because till then you know I was uh, my dreams were to be in the in, a, in the in the marketing or advertising field. Um, I used to play badminton. I used to go for tracks very regularly. And I always didn't realize that now uh, whether the like you know the surgery is successful or not. Uh, my movements are going to be restricted for life and I'm not going to be moving so freely. And that kind of uh, came to me at age of, uh, you know, that uh, 17, 18, uh, you have loads of dreams, right? So you, you keep thinking about, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. Uh, so uh, all, all my dreams were like, you know, they came crashing and I was like, uh, I didn't know what to, uh, so though I was brave, I had put up a brave face in front of the doctors. Uh, well, how am I going to handle this whole thing, right? And then that kind of uh, kept coming to mind. Uh, and then um, if doctor amputed me, then I have to be uh, like, you know, a life of a disabled or I have to be dependent on somebody else for a lot of things. There were a number of thoughts that came to my mind because you are not exposed to, uh, you know, artificial limbs. You are not exposed to how, uh, you know, uh, the world has moved uh, or people have fought disability. Because till then, uh, you you never had to look at these stories or these inspirations. You kind of, uh, even if you would have read about someone, it, it just would have been just a passing. Right? So you, you might not have really thought through it. But at that point in time, uh, you know, I was going through this whole, uh, you know, uh, maybe called as a, you know, a teenage trauma or uh, whatever. But I was going through that whole thing of my dreams crashing. Um, and I was thinking about if something doesn't go well, uh, you know, how can I end my life? If if uh, if something is not going through right, then how can I end my life? So there are a number of ways and I was like, you know, kind of thinking on, on uh, you know, uh, those lines. Uh, uh, but finally, you know, I met someone, um, she was a nurse at, at Tata 
and uh, uh, she she spoke to me and uh, she kind of uh, gave me a, a different perspective on life and for some reason you know i promised her that i would never cry uh, for for such things in life and uh, i guess since then um, touch wood till date i've never cried for any difficulties in life but because i always remember her uh, whenever i i you know i, I look back and and think for this uh just to tell you on the like this, this whole process right i was i was putting up a very brave face uh, you know throughout my journey because i i knew that if my if i uh, break down my parents would break down and uh, that was uh, you know would have been difficult for them to manage so i was always putting up a brave face and uh, i was survived by my friends so, like even in my uh, throughout my hospitalization uh, my friends used to be like you know around me they used to come early in the morning uh then uh, you know read me some lessons uh, for for college uh, or for exams and then they used to go and attend the college come back uh, till almost evening 6 6:30 my friends used to be around uh, with me in the ward uh and, and you know so they used to feed me uh, they used to clean my urine pots and stuff like that so uh, so friends were were like you know were real strength uh, you know throughout this process and uh, obviously my mom uh, you know she was a she was a terrific uh, she is terrific uh, you know in terms of uh, handling such uh, difficult times and, and uh, things so uh, so those were the two uh, you know major sources of energy throughout this whole process and uh, obviously when i spoke to this nurse and i realized that Uh, i could still you know i can't lose my battle and i still have to give a fight so finally my tki and, and, and everything happened uh, you know i was um uh, i decided i had recovered from from tumor and uh, so with tki uh, progressing well uh, so uh, going well uh, it was the indian processes that they had used uh, on me and i was discharged home um and i used to wear caliper uh, you know what is caliper no i don't know the, the polio patients the typically that they wear a uh, a a metal bracket with the with a shoe right okay that is attached to the shoe so that okay. is that is called caliper so i i, I used to uh, you know wear caliper because uh, my knee was not strong enough to take the weight so doctor had recommended me to use caliper um and uh, so in this whole process i had missed my exam for second year so i had lost that year and by the time i came back home recovered out of all this it was uh, you know the, the, it was almost in july august of that year 93 uh, and doctor said that there is no uh, post surgery chemo or radiation that is required uh, because uh, body has reacted pretty well to um, to uh, to chemo and that's it i was okay and i came back home and uh, then continued my college uh, with uh, you know with the uh, with the caliper uh, and uh, so i appeared uh, in in october for exams um, uh, because i had lost years and and those like you know so you have a, a we are all subjects remaining so you can still appear for uh, for for october 
so i cleared my uh, you know second years uh, in in october and uh, then finally but i had lost a year uh, in in the oral process and then finally i did my graduation in 95 uh now by then i i was free from caliper because uh, the, you know i had gained enough strength on my leg and i could uh, walk missing uh, 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 so after completing my graduation uh, the next question was what what is to be done next uh, parents uh, you know uh, if your background uh, dad was running a small shop in in, in parel in mumbai and mom was a housewife and we were three kids at home uh, elder sister me and my younger sister so uh, with that I, i knew that we are we were not doing so well financially we were kind of completely uh, it was just a maybe hand to mouth survival and you know parents might have uh, you know borrowed some money so they were going through the repayments and stuff like that uh, for my treatment uh, so do i wanted to like you know uh, maybe do some uh, higher studies uh, i i knew it would we, we we couldn't have afforded it so uh, my talent said that we can maybe support you for another year uh, without you earning and maybe like you know uh, you can use this year to uh, but we will not be able to support uh, any further studies at this point in time so that is like was a very given uh, and i could realize that situation so i said okay just give me a year let me figure out that what i want to do and uh, because my earlier plans of going into advertising marketing or more field jobs were restricted and um, i was not uh, a kid who could sit at one place for a very long time so i was not imagining myself uh doing any banking job and stuff like that but with the uh, now restricted um uh, movements and stuff like that where i have kind of months and months together uh, you know i was stationary so uh, i was kind of thinking that what should i do so i started working with a chartered accountant for a year um like you know i thought that let me just try and understand uh, you know how audit and and how financing works uh luckily the chartered accountant that i was working with he was a merchant banker and uh, so i was involved in merchant banking activity i was also learning more about you know audits and tax and other stuff mm-hmm. and about a year after i got a opportunity to work with standard chartered bank uh, through a outsource agency so uh, you know these banks used to outsource their operations to some agencies and these agencies used to recruit people uh but this opportunity that i got to work through this agency was a very uh, unique opportunity because that time uh, there was something new that was happening in the indian banking industry and uh, you know these guys were looking for somebody uh, you know from off in a ops team uh, 20 21 years of age and you know you are uh, enthused to learn about a lot of things so i joined standard chartered and then maybe like you know the uh, from then on Uh, i was thinking that oh now life is uh, is settled and you know i can uh, really be uh, in this uh, through this process i was going yearly for my uh, annual checkup at tata so earlier it was 6 months then it became annual checkup and i was going through my annual checkups and stuff like that and uh, 96 oh yeah 96 uh, sorry 97 uh, 97 may 
so by this time like i know it was about uh, four years it passed for my surgery and stuff uh, so 93 i got operated and this is 97 so it was my birthday again 20th may uh, when uh, i a uh, lot of friends and everybody came and you know we met them uh so they wished me everything and then uh, that night uh, you know uh, so i was tired till like you know uh, the, the day went until uh, long and uh, I, next day morning when i woke up i realized that my knee is not uh, so i'm not able to stand i'm not able to uh, put any weight on my knee and it's it's paining bad and i realized something is wrong so i i called my parents and said it's something wrong sir and uh, so everybody got scared what happened and i was like uh, i was rushed to tata again they like you know um, they left me with the uh, with the bedsheet itself so uh, i i couldn't walk or stand or i couldn't even move my leg so they lifted me uh, uh, with with the bedsheet and they, then they rushed me to tata uh saying that there's something wrong with this guy and then they realized that my artificial knee uh, the tkr that was done with the indian processes that broke and we were like oh my god now what is to be done and i guess i was one of the uh, uh, actually at that point in time i was the first case reported with the broken tkr um because most of the time um, you know and when dr padwar uh, saw me by then dr shinde was no more uh um, and uh, dr padwar was kind of running that unit uh with uh, another doctor called dr manglani and uh, dr ajay puri was uh, so it was puri padwar uh was the unit then uh, so dr padwar uh, looked at me and said oh my god you survived and typically we do not have you know such cases coming back to us uh, because most of the time that people don't survive uh, but you survived without any relapse so that's great so let's look at that what is that now we can do uh so they uh, did another uh, tkr with indian processes uh but for some reason uh, you know the majors measures uh, you know were wrong uh they kind of put uh, so the, the, the typical uh, tkr surgery has two pieces one piece that gets uh, you know your knee part um, uh, which is you know attached to your uh, thigh bone and then the lower part is anchored in the um, in in your lower uh, calf bone uh, so uh, they said the calf bone um, you know the part is, is uh, you know very uh, rooted and um, uh, taking it out might be too risky so let's replace what is only broken piece so they replace only the upper piece and that upper piece happened to be of a, a smaller measurement so the because of that there was a lateral lag in my leg so almost uh, 15 to 20 degree lag was there lateral lag was there uh, understand what is lateral lag lateral yeah. lag is basically your knee normally we just bend the knee but this was moving sideways so my knee was you know like a pendulum uh, it was moving sideways okay. uh, to the extent of 15 to 20 degrees and that was you know you can't walk with that that condition uh so i was again back to caliper i had to wear caliper and because of all these smaller uh, processes and everything uh, there was almost a shortening of 2 uh, and 1/2 inches 
So I had to wear a very padded shoes. So my caliper was attached to a padded shoe. And shoe was padded for almost uh, two and a half inches to that extent. So uh, then we were kind of wondering that this is not going to work. And my appearance, like with another surgery and everything, uh, uh, we were completely broke financially. So uh, Dr. Manglani came back and said, uh, I guess the surgery has not been successful. So, uh, but this guy has now survived, you know, almost five years of uh, of osteo. Uh, so I think uh, his uh, survival chances are better. So why don't we actually replace with uh, a foreign processor, maybe a Koch modular, which was a German-made uh, thing. So my parents were just like, you know, listening to him and he said the cost of surgery is going to be, at least the cost of processor is going to be uh, three, three and a half lakhs. So you guys think about it. That can you uh, raise three, three and a half lakhs? Uh, can you spend that kind of a money? So my parents, like you know, uh, we went back home. We said, like you know, let's uh, come back and you know, uh, let you know, uh, uh, you know, sometime, and then we'll come back to you. So I heard that night parents talking about, uh, you know, that they will sell house and shop uh, to raise that kind of money. Um, that still might not be enough. They, so they might borrow something else and they will sell off shop. They will sell off, um, you know, the house and everything. And um, uh, they will uh, go to village, uh, our village in, in Konkin. And... Uh, uh, for my further this thing, I will be, uh, you know, I'll be staying with my uncle. Uh, so they came to that kind of a decision. And next day we again went to hospital and, uh, you know, my my parents told these things to doctor. And Dr. Badwar said, are you, are you people mad? Like, you know, I, I've seen you, uh, you know, spending everything for your child out of your pocket. You never came and asked for any help. But do you know that they're in the hospitals there is a social service department and that can help you and I'll put up a recommendation for you guys and why don't you go and talk to social service department and that was the first time that we were introduced to MSW in Tata and when we went there they looked at our case um, uh, Mr. Patil was there um, you know uh, then uh, Mrs. Jadav Sunita Jadav was there um, there were a couple of other people who were kind of, but these two were like, you know, uh, were kind of evaluating my case. So they looked at my case and they said, you, you guys don't worry. Uh, uh, we will not get you to spend so much out of your pocket. Uh, we'll try and raise as much as mine. But this would require help from your side uh, to go and apply with these agencies and stuff like that. So we will give you all the contact details, but you will have to, you know, pitch in for so then we had to go through the whole, uh, you know, uh, this thing of going and getting uh, income certificate from um, collector's office uh, and uh, some affidavits and some, some lot of uh, stuff that we had to kind of uh, do from a documentation standpoint. And my mom, who's not uh, very educated, she just did her, she's, you know, went to school only till the seventh standard. So she was uh, kind of uh, going from pillar to post, uh, from um, Tata Trust to Vadia Trust and 
uh, I don't know. I like she she traveled uh, whole uh, length and breadth of Mumbai, uh, going through different trusts and you know uh, giving application for me. Uh, sometimes they wanted to see the patient, so she had to take me along. So both of us, you know, went through that process, and that was so. This whole process took almost two years, and finally, I got operated in nineteen ninety nine for another, uh, you know, round of surgery. This was uh, Feb of nineteen ninety nine that I got operated. Now with that surgery. Again, um, you know, my length of my leg was okay. I was able to, uh, you know, uh, it was functioning wise. It was it was much better. Uh, you know, the, the, the TKR this time was was much better. So that after that surgery being successful, you know, I, I was then wanted to was very eager to come back to industry. Uh, so I did a couple of uh, you know small um, assignments with with couple of banks. So I got um, you know with HSBC, I got to work with HSBC Times Bank. Uh, so I, I just like you know used to do a temporary banking jobs uh, with, with these banks. So uh, I did with these two banks, and then uh, Times Bank. I was about to get an offer from Times Bank to join them. Uh, but uh, pretty much at that time, Times Bank got acquired by HDFC, so I lost that opportunity. But the day I lost that opportunity, I got uh, appointment letter from um, uh, Indusind Bank. So I joined Indusind Bank uh, in uh, October of uh, 1999, and uh, then. Uh, in the meantime, my elder sister got married and stuff like that. But uh, and then we were kind of uh, uh, financially was still struggling, but able to kind of think about that, what is that I'm going to do next. And um, somewhere in uh, early part of 2000, um, I uh, one of like through uh, Standard Chartered HSBC Times Bank, uh, our vendor was one particular software company, and that software company. Uh, I'd made a couple of friends because of, uh, you know, they could see that I could uh, bring a lot of value from a bank's perspective uh, into their application. Uh, so one of that, uh, one of those guys who were, who was a project manager earlier, uh, who was in, who used to interact with me, uh, he became a CEO of this company. And when he became a CEO, uh, he reached out to me saying that, Sadeep, are you interested in joining a software company? And I was like, I have no background on software. I just, uh, you know, I operationally know how to operate your application. I know how to use your application, but I have no formal education in, in IT. Uh, he said, no, no, I don't need any, uh, you know, IT background as such, as long as, you know, whatever that you were doing, uh, testing our application in the, on the bank side, I would want you to do the same thing here. And I said, okay. I was kind of contemplating because I was never exposed to IT industry as such. So my exposure was to computers, but no uh, background beyond that. Uh, but then, um, you know, money was good uh, compared to banking. You know, banking, uh, when I joined Intercent, we were uh, trainee officers and training officers just to get a uh, stipend of about 5000 and from you know, 5000 per month. And from there, this was like... Uh, about twelve, fifteen thousand per month, that kind of a salary, and I was like, "Wow, that looks like a you know, 
ट्रिपल योर करंट सैलरी वाई नॉट टू टेक दैट चांस सो आई टुक दैट चांस आई बोट टू पुणे फॉर दैट आई टी कंपनी एंड एंड दैट वॉज लाइक नो अ बिगनिंग ऑफ माई आई टी करियर एंड देन लाइक आई टी करियर वेंट ऑन बाई दिस टाइम आई वॉज यू नो ट्वेंटी फाइव ट्वेंटी सिक्स uh and uh, so obviously you know people around you are are talking about uh like you know marriage and stuff like that and i could realize that uh, you know people in my close community or whatever uh, for them i was a cancer survivor so they used to yeah uh, so uh, yeah you will have to get married to maybe uh they used to tell my parents that why don't you look for a girl uh, you know from a village um i know who is ready to accept who does not understand much about cancer but if you are uh, you know going to any uh, girl from the city or uh, a little educated girl and who understand what cancer is uh, you your your son will not get any alliance and i used to you know kind of uh, think about it that what what exactly the people are trying to say uh, and why so why uh, you know it is this is that something really so bad uh, because uh, uh, just to give you another part of interesting story that uh, while i was doing my graduation uh, you know some of my relatives uh, approached my parents saying that why don't you get a a physically handicapped certificate for him uh once you get a physically handicapped certificate uh we might be able to get him a phone booth from a government quota and at least he will have something for his survival and stuff like that and uh sometime my father you know used to get sold on to such stories of saying that oh this guy might not be now that you know he has a, a limp uh so i used to limp uh, because of the surgeries and stuff like that so uh Uh, it will be difficult for him to uh, to to get any good job and stuff like that so uh, he forced me to get a physically handicapped certificate and uh, i used to uh, i used to always have a you know fight with him and 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 going through this thing that no i don't want to get the certificate or i don't want to be you know seen as a uh, running a phone booth uh, uh, in, in some corner of mumbai so i said i i don't see that as a wrong or uh, this thing but uh, i believe in my capabilities and i think i can do better for myself so i don't want to do um, these things uh, so um gone through those uh, you know uh, kind of a uh, social sympathy wave uh, though people might be you know good intention they were uh, they were trying to help but their help was more coming in as a oh this guy will not be able to do anything in his life uh so let's help him with something uh, uh you know uh, that he can make his living and i used to get very irritated with with that approach of society and then then the same thing started happening about marriage and i told my mom that if that is what it is if they want if see i don't mind uh, if i really like someone and that that girl is not uh, you know educated whatever xyz thing that doesn't matter but it cannot be the com- compromise situation that because i won't get anyone else i have to or people used to tell that like no don't tell that he had a cancer just say that he was a accident case and um, you know uh, bec- uh because of accident he has a uh, you know artificial knee or whatever 
and i say boss this is wrong i cannot be lying with anyone to just to get married and uh, so uh, so that 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 struggle was going on on, on one side uh, i spent about 4 years with cash tech i became product manager from um, you know i did multiple roles in that company and from there i got opportunity to work with polaris in 2004 i joined company called polaris uh from polaris i went to malaysia uh so from uh, like from kashtek itself i started my international travels um uh, and uh, uh started going multiple places uh and i uh, from polaris almost for 6 7 months i was in malaysia i came back from polaris there and uh, got opportunity to work with a company in singapore so i joined a company called s1 directly in singapore uh and during this process once again you know i had to uh, some uh, screws were broken in my uh, uh replace processes so i had to go through that so i got that surgery done in 2002 and um, uh, continued uh, with my career uh, so moved to singapore in in december of 2004 um uh, then uh like you no know, parents were really looking for uh, you know uh, now that this guy has gone abroad uh, how do we get alliance for him and and stuff like that so my mother used to get worried and uh, that's where uh, you know uh, i told her there are platforms like shadi.com and stuff like that so uh, so she told me why don't you get registered on on such platform i registered myself on shadi.com and that's where i found my life partner and uh, she uh, she is uh, mba biotech uh, mba from pune and uh, so they uh, also so when i uh, was approached and when we discussed the first thing that i disclose is, is my medical history that is my medical history so her parents requested saying that uh, can you give us your medical file and we might want to get it checked from our uh our doctors uh, or our friends so to so fair enough you can do that uh, and then during this process you know when i was uh, once discussing uh, this thing was uh, with uh, uh uh msw in tata uh, she told me that you know there are some some people who also have apprehensions about cancer survivors because the mortality gets affected um and i said okay fair enough so what do you think that i should do uh, so she said why don't you get your sperm count uh, done and maybe uh, that might be another you know comforting factor uh, or at least you would know what the situation is uh, because of heavy days or dose of chemo sometimes mortality gets affected uh, so again uh, the same family friend who had taken me to tata dr vikas palkar uh so i was also then like you know went and uh, met vikas and vikas is like uh, hey my wife is uh, with uh, just look and she works with uh, um uh, doctor uh, just minute i getting her name so po i say firoza parekh dr firoza parekh so i went to dr firoza parekh uh, who is known for you know triplets uh, of farab and all those people celebrity uh, um, doctor so she uh, so she vikas's uh, wife was working with firoza and uh, so uh, she took me to firoza so firoza you know got my sperm count and everything done in uh, uh, in just look 
and uh, when um, Firoza said that you you're perfectly fine, and you know I and if you have any challenges, I am there to to support and help. So don't worry about anything. Because she knew my background story through Mrs. Palka, uh, so um, I, I went through that journey, and then we got married. We were in Singapore, uh, roamed around for almost thirty odd countries, um, you know, for my job. Uh, and uh, at 2011, we were blessed with our daughter, um, Anvita. Uh, July of 2011, uh, Anvita was born. Uh, before that, we went through a couple of miscarriages and stuff like that, but not relevant for the story. Uh, so 2011, Anvita was born. And uh, so she had some, uh, you know, breathing issues at the uh, when she was born and like, you know, when she was 40 day old, we had to, you know, uh, go through uh, some uh, heart-related surgery. So balloonoplasty was done when she was about 40 day old, and uh, so after that, she was a pretty healthy child. And then we've been, uh, you know, we were to we went back to Singapore. So she was born in India. Uh, we went back to Singapore after her birth. Uh, so. Uh, in Singapore, uh, when she was about eight month, eight, seven, eight month old, when we used to click her pictures on certain angles, we used to see a, a, a white spot. So typically, you get a red eye in the photos, right? When you click the photo, you get a red eye. Uh, but in her case, typically for certain angles, we used to get a white spot. So we we showed it to a couple of doctors, and you know, people were saying that, uh, oh, it uh, just fine. Uh, people get. Uh, you know, the, the kid's eyes are forming till two years and, and sometimes you might see something like this, but nothing to worry. And, you know, it will kind of get stabilized. Uh, so we kind of were going through this whole thing and um, we were a little uncomfortable. And our regular GP in, in Singapore, uh, you know, Singapore has a you know, you know, phys- uh, regular uh, physicians, they are called GP. Uh, so our regular GP was on a maternity leave, and uh, she came back on uh, in uh, October of uh, 2012. October, she she came back from her maternity leave, and uh, the day she joined, uh, we visited her again with Anvita, and uh, you know we just told her casually that uh, doctor, we have seen some white spot in her eye, but we are not able to. Uh, she said, why don't we check her? So she checked her and she said, Sudhir, uh, I see something a little serious. Then uh, have you shown this to any ophthalmologist? And I said, no, we have not shown it to any ophthalmologist. She said, I would recommend that you go uh, today or tomorrow itself to, I'll recommend you uh, somebody in Mount Elizabeth. And why don't you go and see somebody at Mount Elizabeth? And uh, she said, okay. Uh, so next day, uh, on, on 2nd of uh, October, we took her to Mount uh, in Singapore. Uh, the doctor, the ophthalmologist, uh, checked her. And by then, she was about 15 months old, uh, you know. And uh, he uh, he called us to uh, his consulting room. And in consulting room, he told us that uh, do one thing, that tomorrow you get her admitted to the hospital. We will do some spinal tapping and stuff like that. And we have to do inucleation. Now, spinal tapping, inucleation, we said, what is it? Like, you know, we don't understand. So my wife, obviously, because being a, a biotech MBA and her basic graduation in microbiology, she, she, she knew these terms. 
So she said, what is it? What what has happened? And he said, no, no, she has a, a retinoblastoma and then we will have to inoculate her. And But don't worry, these days you get artificial eyes which are as good as the real eyes and stuff like that. And we were like, we were completely lost. And we said, what is wrong with her? Can you just tell us? Uh, so he said, I told you that she has a retinoblastoma. But what is retinoblastoma? Then, um, you know, he, he told us it's a tumor in her eye. And we were like, kind of, I was more shocked uh, and I was kind of, uh, uh, it was all going back to my mind saying that is it because of me you know, that I had a cancer now that my daughter has a, a retinoblastoma or something like that so I was going through that uh, you know whole uh, thought process and uh, we told him that no 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 we need a time to think about this and I was kind of challenging him that way back in uh, you know at least 20, 20 years ago I was going through uh, I know I went through a cancer, and that time uh, they tried to cure it and and stuff like that. So I'm sure that medicine has advanced in 20 years that you can give some treatment to my daughter. And he said, no, no, there are no treatments. Uh, I, I see, you know, that we we will have to go through inucleation. Uh, otherwise, it's it's danger for her life. And we were like kind of. Uh, you know, the roles were reversed. We were thinking, you know, completely, and what is to be done next? Uh, so luckily, Dr. Gopal Lingam, who was a, a dean of Shankara Netralaya in Chennai, uh, he was in Singapore, and he was attached to another hospital, which is NUH, uh, National University Hospital of Singapore. Um, so we uh, decided to consult him. So through some reference, I got to Dr. Uh, uh, Gopal Lingam. Dr. Gopal uh, checked her and uh, he said, Sudhir, I'll tell you one thing. For retinoblastoma today, the best care is available in India. So you should not spend your time or you should not waste your time in Singapore. Uh, the medical protocols here are too long. And uh, the treatment uh, that you will get is also may not be as good as that you can get in India. So I recommend here that you you take her to India. And by then, like you know, we were financially well off. We were thinking we we were prepared, like you know, uh, that we could take her to you know anywhere in the world. If they would have said the U.S., I would have asked my company to move me to U.S. and I would have been to U.S. You say U.K. and we had operations in the U.K. and I could have moved to U.K. So I had, I was no not worried about uh, you know which part of the world that I have to go to for treatment, but when he said that I have to you know come back to India, I said okay. So he, we asked for some recommendations. So we got three recommendations. One was Doctor Sadhush Honawar in Hyderabad, Doctor Mahesh Mugam in Bangalore, and Doctor Atul Kumar in Ames. Uh, my company had operations in Bangalore, so we chose Bangalore to to come back to other location, and then. My daughter's, uh, you know, uh, cancer journey started, uh, treatment started in, in Bangalore. Uh, so we were taking her to Shankarai Hospital in, in Bangalore, where Dr. Shanmugam was attached to. Uh, but her chemos were administered in uh, Manipal Hospital. So we were shuttling between Shankara and Manipal. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, going, my daughter again going through, uh, you know, uh, we had to remove her hair and stuff like that. Her hair started falling. Uh, but compared to what chemo that I had gone through, 
she was uh, in a you no know, treatment wise in she was in a much better place uh, and uh, you know she's gone through six cycles of chemo and uh, then doctor said that uh, she is almost tumor is gone and uh, you know uh, but we will have to keep monitoring so they stopped uh, the chemo and uh, after six cycles and uh, she came to i, I was uh, you know uh, working in uk on some assignment so they came to uk we spent some time and you know we came back from uk uh, and uh, when we went for a follow up check uh, next month uh, the, the tumor was back uh, again uh, bigger than what it was earlier so then dr shanmugam was asking us what is to be done now so do we now if we wait and you know uh, we do something we might have a uh, you know it's spreading her to optic nerve and then going to a brain so uh, he was recommending enucleation so we thought okay let's go now we have tried at least but uh, and it was no success so, so let's go uh, for enucleation and when we were actually uh, about two three days to a surgery and uh, there was another friend who called and he said Uh, she said that uh, you know my son has also gone through the same thing uh, but uh, he was taken to the surgery and was brought out without surgery and then uh, uh, doctors did a treatment on him and uh, he survived without uh, any enucleation so we said uh, why don't you see dr hunawar in hyderabad at least for a second opinion uh, so we went to dr hunawar for second opinion in hyderabad and uh, Doctor Nair said that I can still uh, try my best to, uh, you know, uh, to get her uh, out of it without enucleation. So uh, then he started another round of chemo. So again, every month we used to travel to Hyderabad from Bangalore, um, uh, two days, uh, one night hospitalization, and next day we used to come back uh, from Hyderabad. And uh, that went for another six months. We went to another six rounds of chemo. or uh, once again the you know uh, a tumor had uh, retracted a fair bit there was no signs of of tumor uh, so one uh, follow up there was nothing second follow up that we went uh, and again and the tumor was back and it used to hide behind uh, you know uh, the tumor used to hide behind the uh, the retina and uh, her retina was completely damaged and so dr onawar told us that uh, now even if you uh, you know try to do a higher dose of chemo uh, she might have some facial dis- uh, deformity and uh, her vision cannot be restored so uh, till then we were hopeful that without surgery we could restore her vision uh, but he said that by you know with all the chemo that we have given and everything and the tumor has damaged her retina Uh, to extend possible so we she will not have a vision even if we uh, say we manage to save her natural eye she will not have a vision uh, so you tell us what is to be done now and then we both uh, on one side we were uh, kind of dejected uh, uh, that uh, you know that we had to go through manipulation process uh, but at the same time we were uh, on the other side we were thinking that at least we tried we did not lose a battle in the first place we may do we may have lost battle after you know two years of fight with the tumor 
and then there was no point in like you know putting uh, such a young child to uh, through another uh, you know heavy dose of chemo or radiation which could uh, you know have some permanent marks on her, um, her face and stuff like that so uh, with that uh, we uh, decided to go for manipulation so um it, uh, this was in yeah 2014 march uh, that uh, we went through her initiation and uh, her eye was removed she had a artificial a prosthetic eye she has now uh, and uh, since then uh, we have been doing her checkups every year uh, she is going through a regular follow up with dr honawar and then uh, dr ramesh murthy in, in pune and now she is in grade 4 doing great with her life we are doing great with our lives so that's what the journey has been oh, it was so inspiring i don't have words what to say now you have been a patient and then a caregiver uh, yep but i don't see that uh, we we have been still lucky you know uh, people people have uh, you know lot worse when you go through hospitals right when you go through uh, you know all these things uh, when we were going specially for my daughter me and my wife always used to think that we are so lucky that we have resources in terms of money uh, contacts you we can go to some other doctor uh take second opinion third opinion whatever that we want if we decide to move anywhere in the world we can go today uh but there are people who used to come and you know i could relate them to my parents because my, when my parents were taking me to the hospital and doctor said osteosarcoma and they did not realize, they did not understand what osteosarcoma is then doctor said it's cancer uh, it was like uh, for them it was like a lost battle Uh, and i i see that helplessness even today with with so many uh, caregivers uh, that that they they go through this whole uh, you know uh, they're not being aware of things they they do not have access to information they do not have resources uh, and and so many things in that sense we we are so so lucky and so well blessed placed right so i i don't see a reason for me to crib about life uh i i always tried uh, you know working with you know, so i still go back that hospital is a second home uh so whether it's a physiotherapy department or uh, the the msw department uh they keep uh, you know encouraging me for a lot of things i keep and going uh, giving talks to uh, patients uh, survivor conferences that they organize uh you know if i am in town if i am in india uh and if it's my schedules are not clashing i definitely make it a point uh, to go and attend those talk to cancer patients uh sometimes just visit a ward and talk to people uh you know so uh, or sit there in the physiotherapy department and people who come there uh sometime you know just to work with doctors to take their uh, physiotherapy sessions and give them some words of counseling Uh, and then they see somebody you know surviving somebody doing uh, good in life uh, people feel encouraged and uh, so there are sessions where like you know it was me my wife my mother and my daughter all of us were there and like uh, to tell people that yes this is what uh, you know uh, it's life after after cancer 
life after cancer is not the end, the end to the life. There's a lot more, right? Right. So, as you said, life after cancer. So, half your life has been after cancer before you married. Uh, as I said, the, the the whole lot of social rejections and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, India में आदत होता है लोगों को एक you know refer करने के लिए. So I used to be referred as a langda. You know, वो लोग वो langda बच्चा वहाँ पे है. So I used to get really pissed off with people. And when uh, I told you about my relatives who were trying to get me, uh, you know, uh, handic- physically handicapped, a telephone booth from MTNL or BSNL, uh, so that I could, uh, you know, uh, do something for my living, and uh, and and people coming back and then giving those advices to my parents about my marriage and stuff like that. Uh, so there was a lot of social rejection on one side, uh, but. Uh, a uh, fighter within me you know kept telling me that no i can't i can't lose it uh, and i used to tell my mom you know i will uh, use my physical handicap certificate uh, when i am really handicap uh, you know when i'm mentally handicap i i that that disability uh, takes to my brain that now i can't do anything with my life and i have to be i am disabled Uh, I, I I never till uh, uh, today. You know, if you know that uh, when people use their uh, physical handicap certificate, they get uh, concessions on airfare, uh, they get concessions on fuel, they get concessions on um, uh, the you get a tax benefits. I never claimed anything till date, uh, just because I never thought that uh, you know that I have any uh, disability. There are some uh, challenges which I might have to, uh, you know, deal in my day-to-day life because, uh, you know, I might not be able to climb steps like a normal person. I might have to, you know, take a step at a time and put my another leg up and then you know, uh, w- uh, walk up steps like that. But that doesn't matter so much uh, in terms of, uh, you know. Your day-to-day life. Today, I've traveled almost like forty, forty-plus countries. I have been around, um, uh, working as a vice president for one company. Uh, very soon, likely to get into a global role with another, uh, a second-largest uh, IT company in the world. So I, I would, I would be joining Oracle in some time uh, as a senior director. The next month, I will be. Uh, you know, joining Oracle as a senior director, and I'll be based from London, so I'll be moving to London uh, as a base. So I I don't see uh, why I should uh, you know uh, be uh, looking at those things uh, you know uh, so negatively, right? Right, so inspiring. So when you were diagnosed, you were just eighteen. And you had your plans, and how you managed your emotional health that time? That you have your plans, and then this cancer came. So how you manage all things mentally? Yeah, so that uh, you know, as I said, that age is typically where you are. You know, musty होती है life में आपके. So you are you are you are busy with uh, chilling out. You know, आप uh, 
सेकेंड ईयर कॉलेज मतलब कॉलेज में हो आप और फ्रेंड्स के साथ लॉट ऑफ थिंग्स दैट यू आर यू नो सो देर इज वन दैट मस्ती और एनर्जी इज देयर योर बबलिंग विद एनर्जी एट दैट एज एंड ऑन अदर साइड यू हैव ऑल दीज ड्रीम्स एंड एवरीथिंग बट यू आर स्टिल अमिच्योर राइट यू आर नॉट यू यू डू नॉट हैव एनी एक्सपीरियंस इन लाइफ so it is a combination of those three things uh, which was there till that time and as i said you know this december i was back from a trek when when this my leg was i could notice a swelling around my leg and everything this was the december and i was uh, you know i came back from a trek uh, near mumbai uh, so uh, the life was about like you know ki yaar mujhe trek pe jana hai mujhe badminton khelna hai so it was all active lifestyle and when and this happened uh when the uh, knowing cancer was also not a problem uh cancer going through a treatment and chemo and all was not a problem the real trauma for me started when doctor told me that they're going to replace my knee or they might have to amputate the day that happened my emotional trauma started because that's where somebody has punctured your dreams somebody has punctured that balloon and uh, as i said uh, my, my always my emotional strength was my mom so she she always used to uh, you know uh, but she also had uh, from a knowledge point of view from the uh, you know uh, she though she was my uh, inspiration uh, she could not bring any inspirational stories to me she could not uh, you know uh, she was just there that you know you don't worry whatever it happens i am there with you throughout this battle and even if you had to be uh, like your leg has been amputated everything happens you don't worry i'll take care of you for your life and i'm like i am not into i don't want to go get into that zone where somebody else has to take care of me into to my life right so as i said my immediate first reaction was how do i end my life if something like that happens the day i become dependent on somebody else i want to end my life a very very stupid thought but today i can admit that you know that i used to think on those lines today when you hear the sushant singh rajput and then all those cases around you people committing suicide uh sometimes you may think and may just laugh uh, you know that how people can get so uh, negative about life and, and and but when i relate to it in my own life i i had gone through that that emotional trauma but as i said uh, you know i uh, was always uh, uh, you know uh, was drawing that energy uh, from my mom and uh, uh, to see that no i can i can come out of this so uh, i i don't know what that combination of uh, or the state of mind uh, and as i said that incidents with my uh, that nurse in that hospital that really helped uh so she gave me a lot of uh, perspective about uh, you know how people are uh, you know doing with the artificial leg and how people are uh, you know when they lose both the limbs how how do they work i met a lady called uh, eva das uh, she was working with uh, eva di was working with uh, cancer patient uh, aid association and uh, so uh, Uh, she when i looked at her uh, she had lost both her uh, uh, hands uh, in a train accident in in kolkata 
and uh, she was uh, living alone in uh, in mumbai and uh, when i used to talk to ivadi ivadi used to tell me that sir kabhi ghar pe aana roti nahi bel sakti par baaki to jo bole khane ke liye bana ke dungi and i used to be like boss how can she be so enthused about life you uh, know she has both lost both her hands she used to travel in mumbai uh, with her you know artificial hands um, she had artificial limbs and with that she used to travel in mumbai locals uh, and uh, so she was another you know very uh, inspirational figure uh, or example that was there in front of me uh, who who had lost both her hands and still was uh, you know had that just for life uh, so i guess that is what has helped me to uh, you know look at things very positively and uh, and we have been never shy about sharing our story uh, with other people so just to give you like you know because that we have been very vocal about my daughter's treatment or what my daughter has gone through uh, somebody in our apartment when we were staying in bangalore uh, her colleague was uh, you know going through a similar uh, situation uh so they came to us uh, to check with us that how's life after uh, inflation uh, so we recommended them to go back to dr honawar and maybe take a second opinion and we were happy that you know that child was uh, survived his vision without without uh, you know going through any inflation uh so like that uh, those stories have helped people a uh, lot of people came to us including family members saying that uh why do you want to tell your daughter's story to people uh, she is a daughter she is a girl and tomorrow she has to get married and and we are like boss hell with all these notions uh, she she has not done any crime she has not done anything wrong she was just 15 month old when she got detected with this situation and uh that was situation and she we managed that situation and if somebody else can uh, you know uh, be benefited from that experience we don't mind sharing it and it's not we don't wait for people to come back and tell us that uh, you know to to tell us our story but whomever that we know in our circle they know our story they know what is that our doctor has gone through we have never hidden those things from people uh and that has helped i just give you one case but we have such multiple cases where people have come and approached us uh you know just to know more about osteosarcoma or even retinoblastoma and and that has helped people so we have never hidden those stories yes and it's people. important to share but cancer is still a stigma people uh, keep it yep. hidden that yeah i had cancer or i have cancer it's like that they have just committed a crime yeah that's what i'm saying there's no no crime it's like uh, you know logo ne to matlab pata nahi wo kya kya bolte hai na ki aap aapka aapka karma aapke samne aata hai my mom that wild with people to karma wala point and then sometimes they used to say uh, if you are uh, uh, you know माता पिता का कर्म बच्चों को लगता है एंड माई पेरेंट्स यूज टू गेट एंड दीज वर्ड यूज टू रियली हर्ट राइट बिकॉज देन यू बिकॉज आई वेन माई डॉटर वेंट थ्रू द रेटिन ऑफ लास्टमा ऑलमोस्ट फॉर सिक्स मंथ्स आई हैव गॉन थ्रू दैट ट्रामा ऑफ डिड आई पास डाउन टू हर इज देर समथिंग दैट फॉल्ट विथ माई जीन्स दैट आज 
uh, you know, uh, that is, uh, there is it hereditary? Is it because of my osteo that she got retino? And finally, I had to, you know, my doctor did a counseling session for me saying that retino is hereditary if somebody in in the family has retino. But uh, osteo patients do not transmit any retino uh, things to, to, to their uh, subsequent generations. And osteo itself is not hereditary. So uh, you don't need to be uh, thinking on those lines. So I, I myself gone through that uh, trauma at second level where like, you know, it's not exactly like that karma story, but is it because of me did I pass it on to my, my child, right? And that's the most uh, uh, disheartening thing that can happen. So, right. Even yeah. when I was diagnosed with cancer, my parents, mm-hmm. even they don't have a cancer history, but they blame themselves that or did we wrong? Did we did wrong something or anything like that? And upper se aspas ke log karma, parents ka karma, bachcho par aata hai. So aur zada depression wali situation aa jati hai. Absolutely. Yeah, but somewhere my mom had that careless fala ki chhod tha. So somewhere mujh pe bhi aa gaya tha ki I don't care a shit about it and uh, so. Um, it's what it is. This is the situation. And I think uh, today, uh, if you ask me, uh, though uh, I am not working in advertising or I'm not working in marketing, uh, uh, marketing as in the marketing firm as such, uh, today I'm like, you know, when I'm working as a vice president for healthy sales and marketing, it's nothing but I'm trying to sell my product. I'm trying to sell the, those IT products to the banks in the world. I might not be doing a mass um, you know, advertising job, but my job is to, you know, try and sell my product. And when I'm trying and selling my product, whatever my passion for advertising was there, what my passion for marketing is there, it still comes into my storytelling when I tell stories to people because I, I see myself always as a storyteller. So I keep telling stories to people. Uh, when I'm selling a product, also I'm telling a story. The story is about business benefit and how things are going to make their life easier or how this is going to add a value in, in the entire value chain, right? Uh, so today when we talk to, uh, you know, so CEOs and CFOs across the world, these are the stories that we are selling. So I'm not doing maybe a mass marketing or a mass advertising, but I'm still applying pretty much. I'm, I'm living that passion today. Great. Okay. So what yes. what was your case? Sorry, to if I Yes, so I was diagnosed in 2017, I think, yes, with uh, blood Uh cancer. And I was to just 18. And like, just after you were 28, you got the birthday and you got the news. So, Mm -hmm. that was my case. My birthday was 28, and I got the 31st Jan, and I that, okay, it's cancer. And uh, Mm -hmm. maybe third chemo was going to happen, 27th I was on a ventilator, then that chemo and radiation and all, but I'm cancer free now. Where, where was your treatment? In Ahmedabad, civil hospital. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Uh, good to talk to you, another <laughs> survivor and the... Yeah, so I could to. relate to your story that every incident when you are 18 and all. 
So she did you do you work yes? with Zenonko or Yes. Okay. So did you try any alternative treatment like ayurvedic homeopathic or anything like that? نہیںو سرٹن for her uh, from her recommendation uh, wheatgrass was supplement of vitamin e so she is saying that uh, you take uh, you know uh, that as a, as a supplement for vitamin e so that you build your immune system against cancer and and we used to uh, we did that for uh, for my daughter also and uh, i'm not saying that that played any big role but i guess it really helped uh, you know to prepare body to fight against جب آپ کے اکٹوبر and by 9th of october we were in india packed uh, all uh, you know uh, everything from singapore wind up uh, within 3 days and we came to india so that was just a shocker for a week that lasted but after that when once we came to india when we we been to hospital we spoke to doctors uh and we saw situation around us till that time we did not know anything about retinoblastoma but then we saw situation around us and then we were in, in a constantly in this phase of saying that how lucky we are uh compared to lower wale people to wo gana na duniya mein kitne gam hai logon ka gam dekha to mere gam kitna kam hai to wo wala situation aa jata hai aapke sath kyunki you are so well placed now Uh, but I can still, uh, you know, as I said, I can think about my parents and uh, and then uh, really grateful that, you know, they, they, they never lost 
uh, that battle because um, uh, as I was holding on to my uh, emotional uh, this thing because I knew that the day I get emotionally broken, uh, my my parents won't have anything to look up to. So I, I had to keep myself strong. But sometimes वो होता है ना यार आप अठारह साल की थे तो मतलब कब तक वो strong face बनाए रखोगे? At some point in time you you go through that you know breaking up yourself. Right. right. Because you are you are doubly tired once that you are trying to battle the the disease or whatever and another side you are putting up a brave face you are acting up uh, in front of your parents and everyone uh, around you and uh, so that that kind of puts you in double stress and kabhi kabhi hota tha kabhi kabhi wo breakdown situations aa jata the but those were very few and rare uh, when i really want to those breakdown uh, mental breakdowns yeah. so any message you want to give to patients and caregivers pardon any message you want to give to patients or caregivers life is beautiful there is so much so much to uh, uh, even if you are put into certain situations uh, you know that is just a situation you will come out of it पता नहीं मैंने ना वो एक टाटा हॉस्पिटल में बच्चों के साथ सेशन था कुछ दो सौ दो सौ ढाई सौ बच्चे थे स्वामी विवेकानंद uh the story is really beautiful and um, so uh, swami vivekananda was an ashram uh ramkrishna paramahansa ji ke ashram mein the and uh, once swami ji ne bola narendra ko ki jaan narendra jungle uh, se lakdi leke aa to narendra gaya jungle mein lakdi lene ke liye lakdi leke uh, natkat tha to dekha to ek ped pe bandar baitha hua tha to uthai lakdi haath mein de mari usko तो जैसे एक बंदर को लकड़ी दे मारी सारे बंदर दिवाली के यू नो पेड़ों से आ गए और पीछा करने लगे हम नरेंद्र डर गया भागने लगा आश्रम की ओर तो आश्रम की ओर भाग रहा था तो स्वामी जी बैठे हुए थे रामकृष्ण परमहंस जी तो उन्होंने देखा नरेंद्र भाग रहा है उसके पीछे बंदर लगे हुए स्वामी जी हंस रहे थे और धरेंद्र चिल्ला रहा है स्वामी जी बचाओ 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 तो एक स्वामी जी हंस रहे तो धरेंद्र को और गुस्सा आया कि ये क्या है कि मेरे पीछे बंदर लगे हुए तुम आप सामने बैठे हो आप हंस रहे हो तो स्वामी जी बचाओ तो स्वामी जी ने एकदम सीरियस होकर बोला धरेंद्र रुक जाओ तो धरेंद्र का तो हालत पछता हो गई मतलब लाइक पीछे बंदर पड़े हुए हैं स्वामी जी स्वामी गुरु जी बोल रहे रुक जाओ क्या करें तो गुरु आदमिया थी मान ली और रुक गए जैसे नरेंद्र रुक गया सारे बंदर रुक गए अब स्वामी ने कहा तब तुम बंदरों की तरफ भागो तो नरेंद्र बंदरों की तरफ भागा जैसे ही नरेंद्र बंदरों की तरफ भागा सारे बंदर भाग गए तो लाइफ में आपकी प्रॉब्लम्स है बंदरों की तरफ भागते रहोगे पीछे पड़ेंगे रुक जाओगे रुक जाएंगे उनकी तरफ भागोगे भाग जाएंगे बहुत सिंपल फंडा है बच्चों को स्टोरी बहुत अच्छी लगी थी मेरे लाइफ में मुझे बहुत अच्छी लगती है 
किसी प्रॉब्लम से भागोगे कोई भी प्रॉब्लम हो प्रोफेशनल प्रॉब्लम हो पर्सनल प्रॉब्लम हो प्रॉब्लम से भागोगे तो प्रॉब्लम पीछा करती रहेगी रुक जाओ रुक जाएगी प्रॉब्लम के पीछे तुम पड़ो प्रॉब्लम भाग जाएगी सॉल्व हो जाएगी मुझे स्टोरीज अच्छी लगती है मैं मैं कहानियां बोलता हूँ बताता रहता हूँ लोगों को तो दिस इज वन ऑफ माय फेवरेट स्टोरी एंड आई थिंक नाउ माइंड टू स्पेशली बच्चों के साथ बहुत काम आती है कहानियां तो आई रियली Okay. Thank you, Vera. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bye. Have a great day. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.